Lars, thank you again for being here, sir. We've been trying to get this together for a bit now, but we're finally doing it. We're finally here, and I'm very appreciative of you. I on, dropped sir. the ball because I took a week break from Instagram and then completely forgot our correspondence on there. Good. No, so. that's good. You need that. You need that. Uh, that disassociation. Now I'm recharged for this interview. And then we're gonna get you right back off, right? This is it. Yeah. You're, <laughs> no, you're on, and then my account after this and, and Zoom. It, and we're done. We're done and here. That's music. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just you know. a goodbye interview, the exit interview of my life. Yeah. Well, I'm a pleasure that I'm the one, the one able to, to host it. Cool. Um, I, I know you've been a part of a, a lot of projects over your, uh, your career in music, but uh, I wanted to start here with you. When did you become interested in music? Uh, I became interested in music mostly because I stole a skateboard when I was in, uh, I think my freshman year of high school, I was obsessed with skateboarding and wanted to impress some shitty kids in the neighborhood who stole people's skateboards. So I did that. It was totally out of character for me. You got to win favor somehow. You got to do it. Totally. (laughs) Kill a cop. Sure. I'll do it. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Whatever it takes. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I did that. I got grounded from skateboarding for like the whole summer because, you know, my parents were like mortified. The whole summer. Uh, rightfully, Ooh. but my dad was very cool because he knew that I was like playing guitar at a friend's house and kind of into it. So like my birthday was around that time and he got me a guitar um, from the local store and I was allowed to do that. And so my friend that I, not the guy I was trying to impress just actual cool friend he played guitar and showed me like how to play the intro to purple haze and metallica one and day tripper completely wrong (laughs) um and so I would play those three things like all summer uh but that was where yeah that's when I like first got into an instrument and stuff and then got my skateboard back and it kind of took a back seat to skateboarding again but i think that was the beginning of it so now did you eventually learn how to play day tripper proper i did because my uncle who is like a great musician um he came for that summer and he's like oh what do you know let me show you some stuff and i was like i know you know here's (laughs) for (laughs) plays intro then metallica one i maybe i probably didn't know and then day tripper he's like that's not quite how it goes. Do you want to? And then he showed me how to play it. And I was like, oh, Day Tripper by the Beatles. (laughs) I didn't even know what song I was playing. I was just copying my friend. Like, yeah, that is right. (laughs) Wow. I mean, so, I mean, it was, it was corrected though, nonetheless. Yes. (laughs) And uh, this, this is in the the Bay area, correct? Uh, This is in Bakersfield, California. All right. So yeah, right, right down the street, right, right down the road there. Yeah. Where the uh, pollution comes to rest. Sure. Sure. Central good good yeah. neck of the woods. Yeah. So uh, music once again, took a back seat to skateboarding. It did for a little bit, but that, I mean, I mean that I picked up like skateboarding again and that was my main interest, but then uh, like senior year of high school, I kind of got more into music and, Nirvana came out and you were like 
wait, you could play these songs on the guitar. I got into like learning. I wasn't making up my own stuff yet, but it, like I figured I got obsessed with Nirvana and figured out that I could play like all of the songs off of Nevermind. And that was like a big thing of like, oh shit, like anybody could, you could, <laughs> you could make this album if you had a million dollars and a way better singing voice and a drummer and a bass player and were talented, but that's all you need. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. Simple. Yeah. A few ingredients. I don't have these, but a few million ingredients, and then you're there. That's yeah. it. But some something about that of like it's this like because those songs were easy to sing and play at the same time, too. So it was like, oh, like that's got me into like wanting to start a band and stuff. And then the next big thing was there was not very many. I was young, 18 or you know, in high school, and they started doing shows at Castaic Lake near Magic Mountain that were big outdoor shows that were all ages. And the first thing I saw was Porno for Pyros with Rage Against the Machine, which I loved. And then the next show was Sonic Youth with Mud Honey and Pavement opening. Wow. And when I saw Pavement, it was like before Slandon and Shannon came out. And it was the Nirvana thing again. It was like, oh, these guys can't even play. Like, they're worse than Nirvana is. They're almost as bad as me, but they rip, and these songs are great, and they're making their weakness their strength, and that was a big eye-opening thing of, like, okay, that, I don't, I can't picture being <laughs> Rage Against the Machine or Porno for Pyros, but I can see myself, like, being in pavement, and they ruled. They were so good and so sloppy and, like, totally didn't care, and it was, like, one of the best shows of the world I've seen not very many shows cindy lopper and <laughs> hey that's a that's a good one cindy lopper um and that's and that's that's saying something there that's yeah. saying something with that statement now i think they're both i think they're both the exact same good but <laughs> uh so i mean it's really uh accessibility and in, in seeing other people do it that you, you thought okay I, I i could do this as well for sure gotcha now at, at what it was around that time that you started kind of trying to to form your own your own group or join somebody else's i had a kind of a band in high school sort of but that was right when i was about moving to seattle so then i moved to seattle and had a band yeah started playing in bands around then but it took a while to like it was, it's all just a hodgepodge of other people's identities for what you're doing, like a collage of like, you know, what you like. And like, uh, it was a, yeah, copycatting a lot of things for many years. Sure. But I mean, you're finding your own way. Yeah. Sure. What, what, what drew you up to Seattle? Uh, some Bakersfield is like kind of a, a town that like I think you either like stay in forever or you move from as soon as you can and I knew um, a couple friends that moved to Seattle and they said that you could stay in our basement until you find a place and I was like I'm out of here so was it tapes that were the main mode of listening to music when you when you got into music yeah, which is funny because the first thing that comes to mind is Metallica on a dubbed over tape, which I guess, wait, they started, they liked that at first, and then it was Napster later, which I agree. Yeah, then they're like, no more, put, put that, the foot that, down. That. <laughs> um, yeah, tons of, of taping cassettes. And then another thing was, I had a, 
skateboard friend that was really, he was older than me. He was like in his twenties when I was like 16 and he was really tall and we would go to the warehouse. Warehouse was like a Sam Goody type of music store. And he would like steal tapes by subtly opening the package in the store and then putting the cassette not in the box on his head on his head under his hat i mean he could was tall enough that he would walk out over the sensors so that's how he like shoplifted from the warehouse that's that's a smart move now was it was this before the uh the casings you know like the like like the plastic stuff he's the reason that those got invented and they were like yeah we need a lock box on this did you have records were you into records vinyls yeah well i was into records because um like starting in them they were cheaper than cds were so when i first i had two right i love this just because it makes me sound cool but i was given black flag my war and smith's louder than bombs and those were the two records that i had for like years and then when i moved to seattle i saw this band the fallouts play and i went to go get their cd and they only had a record and i was like oh i could buy a third record and so I thought that, but back then, like records were like a CD was probably twelve ninety nine, and records were like seven ninety nine or even cheaper. Wow! So that's you know that is why I was buying records for years, which I still do. But it's weird for them to come out and be like as expensive as they are when the technology hasn't changed. And you also know how much making your own records, you know that they're six dollars a piece. So inflation uh, lana del rey you're destroying the industry yeah yeah that's uh taylor swift I on her just because i saw the record was like 45 dollars, and i was like that's wild and worth every penny yes we left lana del rey here sure sure big bitch big fan of the podcast she listens yeah <laughs> in fact she's up next yeah she's yeah she's next week but you know <laughs> this week is about you um so i mean you're you're, you're in seattle and you're in your kind of you're getting more into the into this into the music scene uh over there yes yeah i was there for then like 20 years and that's where i i moved back to california in 2011 but that was where i played in most of the bands that i started in like what was the a-frames was that in seattle or was that yeah that was a-frames and intelligence started right at the same time pretty much like same year and that was 99 is when the first Intelligence seven inch came out and the A-frames came out right before that. So yeah. it, it, quick, quick um, secession. Well, we, no one, we started our own label to put out the first two seven inches because no one was in, we didn't know was interested in us and we wouldn't have had any idea how to like get signed or something. It was like, seems easier to save up $600 and just, make your own seven inch so yeah and then that's and that's how mostly all these record labels are made. <laughs> yeah the old being on spotify was you start your own seven inch label <laughs> uh how did how did that feel did that feel like uh oh wow we're we're really we're really making stuff happen now that we have this this uh record out and we're, and we're doing our own thing yeah it was i remember it being really exciting to like fill out the forms know that you would have this physical thing and there was nothing to compare it to it was like i have a green intelligence seven inch with no cover because i didn't get finished in time and that is the equivalent to lana del rey's seven inch or whatever it's like it just 
you, you there weren't metrics and all the shit that like we look at now to depress us because the metaverse insists that we're depressed so we stay on it um <laughs> that's true but i'm kidding but um, kind of kind of kidding it was like you were like i'm legit like there's i don't know and also you you put it out and you assumed like the whole world's listening to this like we sent it off and like everybody's listening to the seven inch at home. There's nothing to tell me otherwise. There's like, okay, I spent the money on this. I now have 300 green records in my apartment. There's no, you're not online. You're not, you're only getting feedback from your three friends and your girlfriend who are like, it's amazing. So you're like, okay, cool. Like this is a great time to be alive. I'm sure I found a way to be depressed then too, but sure, it was exciting. Yeah. Were you just selling these at shows that you were playing? Like, hey, I was buy one. Totally. And I remember that like the covers didn't get done in time. So I would just carry around a bag, like my regular shoulder bag, and I would just have records in there and just give them to people, my friends at shows or whatever. And for a while it was funny to see those show up on eBay because it was like, this I know for sure is a free record because it didn't have a cover on it. So, I don't know. Somebody the discreet packaging is what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so, I mean, from from there, and this is this is 1999 that this that we're, that we're talking about right now. Wow. The brain time. Wait. No, the other one. <laughs> Pre-purple rain. Uh, what what was what was the uh? The, the the scene was, was a lot of people were a lot of people doing the same thing at that time in in that area maybe but we didn't know about it because it was like that's why the all the bands like the intelligence and the a-frames and unnatural helpers and the diapers they all had the same members in it because we just made our we had a scene and we didn't until we met the spits there was like it I guess there was garage rock stuff that we liked, but we couldn't get on those bills or anything. So we just sort of made our own insular world for ourselves. Again, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. And then once you do that, then people sort of care or pay attention to it or whatever. It's like law of attraction, man. Like as soon as you let go, then (laughs) everything comes to you. No, I think we felt out of sorts there because it was like, we were slightly weird. Intelligence started pretty garagey, but it has a weird chord here and there. So, or I don't know, maybe we were like elitist as a like defense mechanism to it. It's like nobody's nobody understands us. <laughs> nobody understands us because we're because yeah. we're, we're we're true and we're different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We don't even have you know cover art for our no, singles. We can't even be bothered. <laughs> like everyone else gives a shit. We don't care, man. <laughs> This is true art. About this sounds like caring. So, <laughs> in retrospect, in yeah. retrospect, uh, so at, at at what point did you? Because you you spent some time in in San Francisco after after, um, Seattle. Kind of. I moved back to um. I moved to L.A. and then as soon as I I moved to L.A. in January 2011, and I think around March was when the OCs asked me to come up and record and they asked me to join the band. So I would be, I would go to San Francisco for practice and stay with Dwyer from the OCs, had a spare bedroom. 
Um, and I would stay up there for like a week at a time at the most, but I didn't like ever have a place or live there. It was just like for the time I was in the band, I would come up for shows and come up to rehearse and stuff. But even that was like not super frequent. Right. How, how did that kind of uh, come about that you ended up in that group? It was amazing because I had been a, I loved Dwyer when I met him, when he was, they came through, they played with Michael Yonkers opening the coach whips open for Michael Yonkers at the sunset. And I was obsessed with Michael Yonkers micro miniature love album. I must've been aware of the coach whips, but I certainly didn't know Dwyer and we missed we fucked around, found out we missed the show, uh, got there late. Uh, but Dwyer was there in the audience because the coach whips had opened for him. And then he said, do you guys, he asked if the A-frames would play Portland with him the next night, which I knew we wouldn't. But I said, well, the intelligence could do it because we could do anything. We had. <laughs> we have green vinyl. We, we actually had a, like a, We have green vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> we like. It was a new version of the band because the intelligence was always changing, but we had like four songs or something, but I just liked his energy and like doing weird stuff like that. And I was like, we'll come down and play it. So we went down and just hit it off with him. So we were like buddies right away. And then we ended up being on the same label, Narnak Records, who would fly us out to New York City to do cool stuff like play CMJ or play with the fall or whatever. And we would both stay at Narnak owner's apartment and partying and becoming friends and stuff so we've been friends for years i've been a fan of all the stuff he did um of everything tons of all his bands um and then and almost like i wouldn't say competitive but super inspired by how good the ocs when they were called ocs once they asked bridget to join i feel like it like that era sucks blood record. I was super like, I want to make something better than this. <laughs> Not as good. I was like, better than this. Right. Healthy competition. Like, yeah. It was like fun competition of like sending him the CD, like when it was done and, you know, would get great feedback. He was a super supportive, awesome friend in that regard and loved going to San Francisco and he would fix all of our broken shit for us. And he was just a great guy is a great guy um so i was in california and he invited me to come up and play on the record uh which was carrying crawler and just called and said do you want to come up and record and i was like yeah and i think he may have sent me some songs but i don't even think he did i think he just said come up and play second drums and i remember i walked in and he was like we're working on the dream just follow mike and I don't think they even played it for it. Like we did it maybe twice or something. Wow. But I sort of learned the beat from what Mike was doing. And he would, in my memory, I know we didn't do it a bunch of times, but it was like literally drive from Bakersfield to Sacramento, five hours, get out of the car and like sit at the second drum set they have set up and just like follow Mike. And it was, God, that was so great. Cause that song is incredible. Yeah. To the, I mean, it's like, so I'm hearing it for the first time and just like trying to copy this weird can beat and then, but also like playing off of Mike Schoen because we had, I knew the band because we had played a bunch of great shows together and stuff. So we're all friends, but it was like a very surreal moment. But also then you had no clue what the OCs were going to become too. I mean, no, this like, was, and this was, 
2011. Huge, like small potatoes like us. So it's not like, oh my God, this is going to be the dream. This is like, this is another good song on an album of 300 albums that they're going to put out. Right. Um, so, and, so that way it wasn't like stressful. It was just fun. I wanted to do a good job, but I wasn't like, oh fuck. I'm like, I'm in the OCs. Like, I just thought I was coming up to add to recording. And on the last day, then he's like out of nowhere, just went, so do you want to join the band? And I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it, what, what, uh, what year are we talking about around, around it is 2010, 2011? It's, yeah, I think it's 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Now, um, going back to the, to the dream, I mean, that's crazy. You just walked in there basically uh, bare and just got that down. Were yeah. you playing with Mike uh, simultaneously, like while – just listening to a, were you guys tracking it or tracking it? I think possibly not even with headphones, but it's Woodhouse. So I'm sure there was headphones, but it was like, I walked in to a place called the hangar that we had recorded intelligence there. And they did a bunch of OCs records there with Chris Woodhouse, but they just had a little drum kit kick snare. I think, I don't think it even had a rack Tom kick snare and floor Tom maybe. And one cymbal hi-hat. I don't, I didn't even adjust the pedal or anything. He's like, also Dwyer is like, I don't know if you know him, but he's like, he works quick. He's bossy. He doesn't fuck around with basically all the shit that would make you go insane and stress out. He's just like, there's a drum kit. Just follow him. One, two, yeah. three, four. And you don't have time to like second guess it or overthink it or anything. Just get it done. Yeah. So. He's a, he's, he's not non-bullshitter. Yeah. I mean, look at <laughs> You can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the with the with the amount of um, stuff that he's put out, yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and uh, it, the other thing that was great about that was I didn't play on. I did a lot of stuff because we recorded a bunch of extra things that ended up being stuff that came out in that era, like a split with Total Control, and I think a seven inch, some other things. Um, but I was doing all kinds of stuff, like playing. He said, "Bring it." keyboards and all kinds of stuff so there's like i was playing guitar on some songs um playing keyboards i had a point to this oh the point was that like the songs i didn't play on on that record i got to just stand there and like watch them play and it to this day is one of my coolest music experiences because they were playing the song heavy doctor Mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite songs on there which i had never heard and they did it in like two takes or something but I just got to like sit there and watch them play the song with PD, Mike, and Bridget and just go, this is like people w- w- would kill in the future to watch what I'm watching right now. Just right. like they were so tight. The songs were so original. They were such a good band. It was like miles beyond what we had been sort of like competitive and made sense, but that intelligence in them but that was where i was like oh they're on some like next level shit here <laughs> to me right that's it yeah and of, of course like you said those those songs went on to garner a lot of a lot of um attention and, yeah. and success and we would play it on those tours and it was like the dream just like crushed like every night it was like this is such a great song and to this day, I love watching them. I love that it's like still in the set list because it's like, you know, it, 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 it can't not be. It's a it's I would say it's a staple song out of the many, many songs that are Sweet associated. Home Alabama. Sure. That's yeah, <laughs> an American classic at this point. Um, <clears throat> now, were you 
were you in in the first kind of uh set of double double drummers for the for the band first, is that the first double drummer that they did yeah but send the precedence yeah so i mean because i have to say that because i'm like when they got drummers after me it was like well because mike is such a good drummer and i'm a like i'll say it good drummer thank you that's what i was searching for great drummer i was gonna say. I, I i know where i gotta come in i know what beat i gotta <laughs> no, like, be in i'm a caveman drummer i don't have like chops and all that stuff i can play you know beats that i like and back myself up and whatever but every person they got next was like that person is a drummer that person knows how to tune a snare drum and like knows what stick sizes are and beyond being like everybody who's been in the band has been a great drummer right. so i had like a little bit of imposter syndrome when i was i loved doing it but i was like if i stop playing we're still just as loud because mike shown is like an insane drummer i'm playing like he's playing the heartbeat and i'm playing like the half beat of it like so, filling it in yeah. do i need to be here but you did though you did i mean because it, it would it would have sounded different um if, if you weren't i mean there for the dream for example well i would hope there's like there the nicest thing my friend said was like well there's like there's you can't account for vibe and he's like you're adding a different color that wasn't there and i was like okay i like this like non-technical thing that's definitely true but uh, to get into the specifics, I mean, real no. Um, <laughs> what color? Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. Uh, let's let's get into it. Um, yeah. It 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 seems like uh, you and John have the same thing of uh, always kind of trying to change, never staying at the same sort of um, pace, if you if you will, or or, or level. Always kind of bringing something new to the table or adding something different and replacing it with another. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean it. He means it, folks. I, yeah. I mean, I mean it. All right. I right. looked into the camera. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's get my producer. Yeah. Okay. All right. yeah. I, have a, I have a guy with my a security guys. He's being serious. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, now, did you also sing uh, in the OCs as well? I sang a song that never came out. Okay. Um. It's why i broke still thanks a lot no we uh we recorded a bunch of extra stuff and i just like we tried one of mine that was i think better than the dream but i'm just joking it was an okay <laughs> intelligent uh, stuff but no i didn't i didn't no that's not true i sang on the song sewer fire yeah that's that's what i thought that you did vocals on and that's a really really great song thank I, you I really, really enjoy that one. I love that song. And a funny story about that is he sent me the practice space recording and it's pretty much the song is done. And at the end of it, he goes, that just sounds like the intelligence. And so like to the band or something, I think the riff, I don't, whatever. Um, maybe it kind of does, but he's like, why don't you sing this song? And so I just kind of, I liked what he was, he, all the vocal is like just what he was doing anyway. So I just copied him instead of make up my own thing and sang it in my like kind of Yelp high voice. Yeah, the, 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 there's there's some great echo on that mic. It it, it sounds, you know. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I, that's that is legitimately one of the, one of the best best songs of uh, of the OCs catalog. I I say it, it really stands out to me. I'm not just saying that. Thank Lars. you very much. Well, it's because that. the baseline is so, not anything I did. The baseline is so good and the 
Pink Floyd reference in it. I think it's funny. It's just a rad song. Keyboards are great. Um, I just copied what he was singing on this demo pretty much and wrote words for it. Still. Still. I helped. <laughs> a great a great color to be added. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. Uh, and um, you, you were in that band for uh, a, a few months or a year? I think it was not even a year. It felt like a year, but it was not quite a year, I think, technically. Because they we did a lot of touring, which I was not used to. Um, <clears throat> Intelligence toured a fair amount, but they were like, that's how they made their living. So we played like in that short amount of time toured, like the Intelligence would tour once or twice a year, maybe. But we went on a bunch of tours and went to played on the Bruise Cruise in Florida and went to Australia and did a bunch wow. of stuff. Wow. It might have been a year. I can't remember. That's a busy year. Yeah, it was great. It was so awesome too, because it was great to get like a break from overthinking the intelligence so much. Cause I just moved and didn't know how I wanted to read, like put the band together or whatever. So it was fun to just be in a great project that I didn't have to really make any decisions in or anything. Right. It's it, it was it was good to to step back for a minute and be a part of something else. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm a I'm the boss too. <laughs> Let me get back to being the boss, actually. <laughs> uh, from, from from there, from from exiting your time in, in the OCs, how did you go about um, taking the the intelligence to the to the next kind of level or phase? Uh, that we put a different band together, kind of. Um, what happened? Uh, we had been playing with my Susanna was playing keyboards and Brim was playing drums and they both moved and couldn't do a European tour we had coming up so I put it together with Dave Hernandez and Drew Church and Pete Capone and because I hadn't um they're all people like before the band was kind of lazy and we didn't like to practice and didn't like to do much and because and all lived out of town so we would practice for two days and then go on a u.s tour or something so you know ample time to get it i mean until i saw pavement and i was like dude trying is dumb like so why the fuck would i do that exactly like (laughs) they're gonna pay us they're gonna pay us 150 dollars whether we practice a whole bunch or not like if we just show up we load in we'll figure it out exactly we're saving money we're getting paid to practice we will get it together and by the time we get to new york we'll be in shape tip top (laughs) this is actually all true and so um it was a band that was like restructuring it in that way was like everybody the they were good musicians not to say that others weren't they were but like they like to practice and they like to talk about the set in the van they were just ready to make it great and we had a super good vibe and i hadn't been i hadn't been the boss for a year so i was like ready to do it but like in new ways that i had learned um actually with a lot of kindness and empathy which might have been missing in some regards but um yeah that just it would just stepped us up and then playing with i mean you play in the ocs and you watch what they do to an audience and you watch what they do with their songs and it was like it elevates makes you quit or elevate your game i think right it's, it's either it even close but it was like definitely inspiring 
giving giving you a, a, a breathing new air or yeah. showing new ability showing new ability and wanting to be a really good live band in the studio so when we made vintage future no we made we made everybody's got it easy but me at the same time i was in the ocs but that experience of like not doing all the not playing all the music myself but having everybody else do the drums and make it sound have it sound like a good live band that started with that record and then i wanted to continue it with vintage future and so like we got to we didn't practice then either but we had time they were good enough that like we didn't really have to so reverting back to old ways now yeah. we'll like, how can we <laughs> how can we not do anything i have an idea um <laughs> so yeah that's i guess i hope that answers your question that's how we sort of changed in that it, it definitely does i like the answer uh now how 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 long were we are we looking at 12 12 years into this project now at, at this point right around yeah 1999 to 2011 2012. there's no way to mathematically figure out from 2012 to 99 <laughs> 13 13 13 yeah, years. I, thought was, I guess yeah yeah that's true yeah um now did, did that shift uh influence where you are today the shift back then yeah for sure yeah it made me i am not so it we went down that path and then the record we made after vintage future which is unpsychedelic in pv city that's even more of a like i want to sound i want i wanted i love the breeders and i love the breeders album pod which just is like really stripped down and doesn't have overdubs on it it's just like people playing in a room like i wanted to kind of chase that sound which we did and i was happy about it and i kind of kept doing it but then the pandemic happened and i made this album in the same circumstances that i was like this is not that fun to listen to and it just sounds like a maybe as good or better version of the last record but it's not doing much and then i think the mind melt of the pandemic and like what is music even for like I was like, I want to make something more original than this. And something that like, the best thing that happened to me was like, I was able to like tune out the fictional audience and make a record that sounds more like me than like what I think the next intelligence record is supposed to sound like to a fictional fan base in my head or something like that you know i mean when you're making stuff it's like ties i'm sure in this podcast you're like what question should i ask next oh yeah yeah <laughs> yes but i overthinking and being stupid and it was like what's the point of this thing the thing you like best was making music on a four track by yourself and seeing what the results were going to be when you had no plan and so that's what i got to with the latest record and sort of where i'm at now did that reflectionary period of like dropping what you were working on and kind of taking a step back did that was i mean in, in hindsight was that needed in order to get what you wanted out of it out yeah of yeah because i was sort of drilling into like what is not that fun about music which is i don't know like expectation more than um like true inspiration maybe I wouldn't have noticed that at the time, but as soon as I didn't 
know if I was even making an album. I was just recording for fun to listen to by myself the results at the end of the day. Um, and not caring if we, because I didn't know if we'd play live. So I was like, well, now, before the, in the back of your mind when you're writing a song is like, well, if this is really good, how are we going to play it live? And from shedding that of like, oh, we'll probably never play live. Like I may never even have a band again. That made me free to use drum machines and make all kinds of like recording experiments that I had kind of gotten away from as I was focusing on the live band being good. But now you're fucked. Essentially. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> we can actually play these songs, but it took us a year of practicing them. So that's not like you. That's not that's well, that's yeah, it was it's not like we straying from the norm. Totally. Um, but it's like it's what's cool is like because like I was saying, I'm realizing this in real time as we're seeing this, but I was like, oh man, we went from like not practicing at all. And if the song didn't sound good in 10 seconds, then I would just go forget it. Let's pick a different song. We have six albums to choose from. So we'd play all the easiest stuff. And I was like. I'm not going to do that this time. We're going to like, this song doesn't sound very good. We're going to work on this for like weeks, like a real band does and like wild get good. Uh, the OCs practiced like so religiously. I wasn't in San Francisco, but they were playing like four days a week. All the songs that we had done on tour all the time. And I was like, that is such an insane work ethic. I don't, I'll end up hating playing those songs if i do it that much but it was an inspiration to go like that's how you become the best band in the world is like you don't care if today's fun you put the work in to like be that good now lars i don't i don't think you're gonna like this assessment that i'm about to say but i gotta say it with you not being there for the four days uh each week of practicing 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 all these songs and you were still able to, to hang on and do what you needed to be done or do what needed to be done and performing at the level that you were, that kind of shows the kind of musician that you are, that you don't, you didn't need to, I mean, you didn't need to be there to, to be with, with it, like getting in the groove and finding where you need, especially with double drumming. Like that's insane that that was, and you were the, 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 the pioneer of this, of this uh, <laughs> it idea. It was Dwyer's idea, but uh, yeah. All right, I you were you you were on you were you were trailblazing with with Dwyer with this and yeah. something that's still going on now. That's that that says something. It was a good idea. I was like, I don't think that's going to work, and he was like, I mean, Mike was easy to play with, and I just stared at his snare, and I remember he's like, okay, like you know to just focus on him and follow him, and I was like, yeah, well, I'm not going to say, hey, better drummer, come this way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, I've talked to both, uh, Dan Rincon and Paul Quattrone uh, a couple times on this podcast and uh, I've asked them, you know, like how, cause I, I also drum, I, I could never do it. It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense how it's working and it's yeah. moving through. And I, and I, I've seen the, the live recordings of when you were in there with, with Mike and it just doesn't compute with me. And I've asked them like, what is your tactic on doing this? He's like, just got to listen, really mm -hmm. focus in on what the other person is doing and from whoever was saying it, either Dan or Phil. And it's just, it's, it, it's insane. It's, it seems like you just got to block everything else out. That's, it's happening. And coordinate. Well, it's, it's funny. It's something I'm learning to this day. That is like you, I think when you're playing music, you think your goal is to like talk or make a sound. And it's like, 
you sound better listening to the other people like which I guess I kind of always was but um I've just noticed it more recently that's like wait when we turn down in Pratt like if if it's not sounding well it's usually because I'm focused on what I'm doing too much and if I relax a little and listen to the bass and the drums and let my this is like a weird tangent, but no, 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 no. The, 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 the muscle memory. I totally understand what you're saying. If you're focused in on something too intently. Uh, it, it tends to not result in what you want it to, but if you kind of take a step back and look at it, observe it, not so close, it, you're still there, but you're, but you're paying attention to other things and you're letting that guide what you're doing. Totally. And your priority is not to make your statement anymore, but to be like, how do I blend in with this group? I think. Right. Right, yeah. right, right. Why do you fall with that thing? I, I was, I was right there with you. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That, that, uh, that, that is an interesting way of way of doing things. And I mean, things always happen differently for for everybody. But that that could be a that could be assessed in in any sort of manner, whatever you're working on. Definitely. That's kind of uh, that's why I kind of spaced out. I was like, this is a metaphor for like all of life, actually. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, no, I, I smoked a joint before this, so I totally get it. I love that. I had a ton of coffee. Well, not a ton. This isn't a ton. And it's only here. I mean, coffee's amazing. Are you are you more of a of a coffee or or a tea person? I <laughs> there's a there's a scene in Deadwood when they offer this dude tea and he's like, I should become more acquainted with tea. <laughs> 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 i don't drink tea hardly ever no I, I don't either i can't can't stand it coffee great tea it's yeah. just I, I don't i don't know what it is i, I think i just need the bitterness of, tea, of like twice a month i'll remember it exists and i'll have some sort of nighttime tea but it just i forget it exists unless someone offers it to me or something right and i mean i maybe we're, we're hitting the hitting the quota of the month real real late this month but nevertheless it's gonna it's gonna be ingested exactly making it by the right 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 at the tail end here um which leads us to our sponsor lipton. yeah yeah it's um uh, uh, brisk it's brisk, brisk. this Sorry. this time yeah lipton uh give me a call back we'll we'll work again but you know not yeah i, I gotta bleep the name i'm not i'm not working for free here <laughs> from from leaving uh docs you now you, you so you didn't live in san francisco you're still living in la at the mm -hmm. time and you've been there since yes has moving around and especially from seattle to la has that impacted uh the music that you've been making as well i think i mean yeah i think it's cliche but i think that just my movement mood improved from i don't know how i wouldn't say it was like you know, deep seasonal affective disorder, but I do notice that like more sunlight had an impact. So I think that affects you just overall. And so I think that the, I don't know, it's just easier to function. I did spend a lot of time writing music in a dark rooms in Seattle, but some, I don't know if it's getting older or whatever, but something about it definitely like I think more sunshine just made it brighter. 
it sounds different when you're in the sunshine. Yeah. Will you, will you ride on a cloudy day? Yeah. Think about Nirvana. It, it, maybe it would have sounded way different. Damn, no kidding. It would sound like Tame Impala. <laughs> you know, it's just one guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I invented that in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, 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 I wrote that. I, I had it. Um, as a demo, when I visited Australia and I left at the bus station, I, I, and, and this kid just comes up with it. Okay. So now I'm out. Uh, where did, where the name, uh, the, the intelligence come from? Where did you, uh, where, where did that come from? The idea? Um, it came initially because um, it's, I thought it sounded like my idea for it was kind of like surfy spy music, like Henry Mancini and James Bond and that kind of stuff. Like that's how I wanted to play guitar. So the intelligence sounded a little bit like a, um, you know, band that would fit in that. But then the real idea was like, I had just had a band break up a couple of them. I didn't love the names of those. And they were also like democratic bands where like each person, whatever they play makes the, that decision. And I had borrowed a four track, started recording by myself and the not having anybody to argue with or what, making all the decisions myself, it occurred to me that it was like, oh, if I do it this way, then this project could last forever. And so to me- You gotta it was, be the boss. It's well, it's like, and it's a mean way to say it. Like the intent, like I figured it out, guys. Like you were the problem the whole time. But what's come full circle is that now it's like I, I do think that idea is still the same, but it's more like I could spend my whole life doing this project, which is making up music by myself, which is the it's my favorite thing to do. It's a freedom from you can pick up. You can write music when you're sad. You can think about it when you're distracted. You can do all that stuff. I think it's a lovely gift to be obsessed with, like, rather than something that's harmful. Like, because I'm sitting around thinking of drum beats or playing an instrument or like thinking about it in some capacity, like all the time. So I don't know. I really so, so you don't think about it much. It's just kind of if you feel inspired. Yeah, it comes. Yeah, it comes. It comes in ways when you when you think about music. I think it's not just every day constantly. No, not like in like white knuckling, just like please stop. No, no. Stop. I have to make it home to like free the demons. No, I just think it's like it's a lovely thing to be uh, like obsessed with. Healthy obsession. Yeah. Uh do you do you feel like if you if you got into another medium of art that you would have made uh as much as, as you have with this band? Like uh, if you were painting or sculpting or, or or doing doing something else do you, do you think that you'd have this this drive there it'd be the same amount of drive that you i think now? it's i think it i just started make doing like not exactly painting but like a kind of visual art stuff i've done some of the covers and have a little bit of hand in that but i've started like you know working at a table and like making a thing the cover for this next album and then that's transformed into this making stuff like that and it's super similar like, I think 
my way of playing music is the same that I've talked with painter friends of mine is like the the way to have an artistic project without needing anybody else you know I think the appeal of like painting for a lot of people is like you just go in a room and you make the thing and so it definitely has a similar wavelength and when I get consumed by it which is only for a couple of hours whereas I can music I sort of know how to do better so I can do that for like many hours if I'm working on a recording or something until I can't take it anymore or something I can do that like all day but um I think it would have balanced it out maybe a little bit more if, but I wouldn't have had a clue other than make an album cover. I don't know what to really do with art. I mean, that's your, that's your next. So no more intelligence that's done only album cover art only. Yeah. Without the music. And then for $5 next to Lana Del Rey is that's the intelligence coming. I really hope. Lana Del Rey reached out to you and say, hey, I let's do it. Let's fucking work together. <laughs> let's make make the album cover that a lot of people are gonna see. Yeah, I can do it in 10 minutes. Like it's already done. It's finished. I was hoping you would you would come by soon because it, it just got done drawing. So There's here it is. <laughs> At the meeting with the fanning the wet watercolor. Yes. Funny you mentioned that. Open up your yeah, briefcase. In a briefcase, yeah. yeah. Oh, it seems to have smeared on my way over here. But that, I think that makes which, it important. Which I intended for. <laughs> I needed to transport it this way so it would it's look like this. Smear case that, yeah, it's about smearing it on the way here. This is a desired result. Yeah. This is why, I, in my mind, yeah. In fact, not for sale. Close the case, leave the meeting. Yeah. Make them That's, want you. Yeah, exactly. Make them call. <laughs> Turn the tables on them uh through through the 24 years of the intelligence uh there there is there's been some some people coming in and and coming out and um is is that crucial uh for this project that some some people leave and fresh blood comes in and then they leave and somebody replaces them i used to bother me a lot and i wished that we were like a you know core band of regular people so I was striving for it to like look like that and be like that but it didn't work out that way and I think it was a blessing now and a friend of mine the said it in a really nice way for this album like seeing that there's a new band and she's like you I love how you do it because you sort of have this like core family for a while that informs the project and then you move and it's like it's not like I do that on purpose it's because the band makes no money and like people move and all kinds of and life happens life life happens and so but looking at it that way where because I was just looking at it like why why isn't the band always the same thing and desperately trying to keep it together and I was like no actually this is nice because you know, a really good drummer will quit and then I need to play the drums. And I think having it constantly reinvented in some way, I used to think it was our curse, but it's our blessing now because I read enough Eckhart Tolle to be insane. So Oprah's <laughs> Eckhart Tolle. Can we, do we, have, <laughs> do we have permission to clear his name? Can we, can we, okay. Okay, well, we'll, we'll figure that out. If it's in here, hey, thank you. If not, 
Just bleep it. And you and you can guess who who we're talking about. I don't know how to do it for me. When you look sideways, it really works. <laughs> I, I yeah, I mean I'm looking at <laughs> Yeah, you know, we don't have a mic on him, so it's not gonna pick up. Yeah. No, I I I, I get what you're saying with the um we're working on stuff by this is this is just me. I just this is and, and it's nice. It's it gives you a, a freedom uh of, of sorts. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'll I'll figure it out. Yeah, um, the, I don't have to ask anybody when are they going to pick up their end of the couch. You know, totally, to- we will scrape the floors, God damn it! But the couch will be where I want it. <laughs> <clears throat> um, could 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 um, could you have made the amount of different kind of sounds and and records and all this w- without having people um, changing spots and stuff? I don't think so. I think I, at the different times, would have thought that I just wanted it to be one lineup for the whole time. And it started with, it's. I mean, I've liked every lineup, um, but no, I think the like, I think it's been helpful to, that's, I'm the same person writing the same song over and over. So I think like having to sometimes play all the instruments or get better people to do it or record at home or those things are what has like made it different. Now, yeah, recently you did release the second album under your own name, right? Yeah. During, yeah. It came out, uh, I think a year ago. Yeah. What, what made you want to uh, put out something under your own name uh, separate from the intelligence? Um, I, for some reason, I don't care anymore, but for some reason I didn't want to be real prolific. Like I didn't like when you go into a record store and there's just like, you're like, I don't know. People say that, um, any band, um, not any band. There's a few. Lana like Del Rey or the fall what did you say I said Lana Del Rey will use Lana her. Del Rey for instance like just make two and we're good but like that wasn't I don't know if it was the time or something there was something like I, I think having a large catalog to me sort of minimized that you hadn't made a grand artistic statement like never mind which I don't agree with anymore I would rather keep busy and make a lot of cool things but I think it was initially the idea was to like to just we don't really need another intelligence record. And I don't know what's going on with that. And so that probably started the idea. But the main idea was if I don't call it the intelligence, then I can write songs and make a record that's is not in any kind of response to the last. I want the next intelligence record to always be better. Than the last one, I think most people probably feel that way. Let's make a yeah. This might be a common consensus. Let's make a real turkey this time, so the next one seems <laughs> better. But I was like, well, also the band was in Seattle, and I didn't want to change the lineup, but I wanted to make music while I was in LA, and it just seemed a good way to like shake the snow globe or something, or like change it up because it was like, well, well, it just made me write songs differently in my opinion because it wasn't like oh this is I've already done something like this or it's in response to the last 10 albums or whatever so that alone gave me like a reset to go like oh let's use horns on this and let's 
be more experimental than I would have with the intelligence. And then that, and then I was like, well, no one even is knows of these. I also thought, I was like, what if I, if I'm Lars Finberg, that might be new. And like, maybe more people would pay attention. And it was the opposite, even though everybody told me that anyway. Until now. Until now, this is going to go crazy. But hey, good luck buying a, a, a copy of any of the albums. Well, I love yeah. like these new metrics where Spotify sends you your monthly listeners. And it was like, what is this? <laughs> I doubt this even makes Rihanna happy. I don't think getting a like, number for this feels good. But yeah. anyway, it made me take that experimental thing was like, oh, I'll just like apply this to the intelligence more easily because I had branched out in this like different way Lars Finberg different way I think uh did did any of those songs from that those the two albums it's two albums right now right um did, there is a third one but it's not it's coming out soon it's coming out next week right I'm still working on it <laughs> in, in yeah well, yeah we'll, we'll get the we'll, we'll get the day on that later uh were any of those songs um, looking back on it on hindsight or in hindsight able to make it onto an intelligence record what did it did it sound any any way that it could be associated i'm or... sure most people cannot tell any kind of the difference like you know i'm sure it's me singing it's me writing the songs but um we play the solo songs in the intelligence set now so it's not i know it's not a huge departure it was more just like a way to mentally reset so you're being sneaky about it you are you're putting it in there and they say wait 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 hold on i thought this is a separate thing yeah it's and it's not <laughs> the, the idea i said it was it's not that guys you, you got it all wrong it's not what i it's not what i said it's what i meant yes <laughs> but i'm deciding in real time now but regardless you guys are wrong you got yeah takeaway from this either way I yeah, mean, and I'm the boss, so what I say goes. Right, <laughs> I'm not even gonna watch this, so there's no one to argue with. This is it. Yeah. Um, what what do you want people to take away from whether it be your your own name, Lars Lars Finberg, or the intelligence's music? Uh, joy. Uh, I love it being an inspiration to people. That's what, you know, what I would want the most is like someone to hear it and go, oh, I could do that in the same way that my favorite bands did that. Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like, like easy. That's it. A bunch of people to play it. And that's it. Get like, you know, seven people to play the instrumental. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my favorite thing is that it makes other people want to play music. I think it's like the more play music, doing art, whatever. Uh, I think it's just gardening, hang gliding, making a podcast. Like, I just think like the creative pursuit is like super rewarding. And I would hope to like pass that forward. And I would hope to like, I like, the, I mean, I like, I think the music is really good. And I would hope to be like a link in a chain for somebody to go like, uh, I want to steal that keyboard part. Or uh, the things that I'm doing all the time is like, oh, like this sounds amazing. I'm going to steal that singing voice and like, you know, be in the 
eternal chain of creative music. Yeah, so Lana, just come out with it. <laughs> <laughs> Lana, just come on. Just, Lana, just, just, just set us straight. This is not serious. We, we, we know that you in, you uh, inspire her, and that's, I just want to hear it honestly. That's you know the the truth needs to come out. Yeah, it's for joy. She's always at the concerts. I I see her stories. Elon, every time we play, say hi. Every time, yeah, never does. We'll, 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 we'll because I make fun of you in every podcast I go on. That's I'm kidding, and I'm insecure. That's why we bring you up. Yeah, that's why everybody brings you up. Yeah, including myself. I pirated the song "Video Games" a thousand years ago. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, uh, we would never do that. Ask Cap. Oh, I do what pirate she, is. <laughs> I do. I I'm not a sailor, so yeah, I don't know. Um, pirate is Bay. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I don't. I, it doesn't ring a bell. Uh, that wasn't me. I barely on the internet. I I'm not even on Instagram anymore. So it's just you're asking the wrong guy. Exactly. I look, I just make the album covers. That's me. That's all I do. Um, Lars, thank you so much for coming on, sir. I really, really was, appreciate it. I had such a good time talking to you, man. Thanks for having me and taking the time to do it. Well, thank you for coming on, sir. But before I let you go, I got some promo to do. So. Okay. The Intelligence's music is streaming everywhere, right? Wherever the people everywhere. get there. Spotify, Apple, all this. I'm an Apple stuff. music guy. People make fun of that. I, I do YouTube. I have an Apple I, phone. I get grief. I don't have a YouTube phone, but I understand where you're coming <laughs> from. YouTube's going to send you a phone after this gets enough hits. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do it, YouTube. Um, and... Uh, the people can can stream the newest LP, Lil Pearl, right? That's that's the newest release. Lil Pearl. 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 Yes, that's what I said the first time. Back to Pearl for Fires. Obsessed with Perry Farrell. It's a reference to that. There we go. Um, and if people can buy that at uh, Mount St. Mountain. Do I, I have that correct, right? Yes. And that's spelled M-T-S-T-M-T-N dot com. That's, that's the best place. I'm showing MT period STMTN. Whatever it is, it'll be linked below of whatever you're listening to. So, um, and uh, there's some other releases uh, that you can purchase through the Bandcamp, which is theintelligence.bandcamp.com. And I'm pretty sure I have that correct. And again, that'll be linked below with whatever the correct address is. Uh, and uh, you can stay up to date with everything else uh, by following them on Instagram at the underscore intelligence. Yeah, that's it. Okay, All right. I I had to double check myself on that. Yeah, yeah, the at the underscore intelligence. And um, Lars's solo music is also streaming everywhere, and you can also find his album Tinnitus. Tinnitus tonight. Pretty sure it's tonight. tonight. Then people say tinnitus, and I'm like, then it loses the joke of tonight is the night. So, tonight is night. Yeah. And that is tonight. I, uh, okay. I don't know. He, he's, <laughs> he, he left. Um, Explaining <laughs> jokes is always helpful, right? <laughs> um, and that could also be found at mountsaintmountain.com, uh, as well as other releases on your band camp, which is lars.finberg.bandcamp.com. And is that people can stay up to date with what you're doing in general um, 
at on Instagram, which he is also always on, and he's just joking that he's gonna leave. He's he's, he's always gonna be there. Open right now. There's Open stories right now. playing in the background that just content, just content for you to consume. It's always there. Yeah. Um, and that's at Lars underscore Finberg on Instagram. Stay up to date with everything else. Now, Lars, do we have anything else to promote? I don't think so. Law of attraction. It's true. I mean, yeah. What's your yeah. what's your who's your favorite theorist? No. Um Lars, thank you so much for coming on. I'm gonna stop recording this. I'll talk to you in a minute, okay? Awesome, man. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir.